The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Monday, August 24th, I believe is the date. I'm doing the math in my head. And joining us today to kick off Fantasy Week, the one, the only, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who spends too much time with Pete Prisco, Jamie Eisenberg. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Um, you guys are always kind enough to take time. You, Heath, Dave. Uh, I've never invited Azer and probably won't ever do that. Um, <laughs> although I do like this, like friendly, I think fake relationship, like, like, uh, uh, uh rivalry Azer and I have. Um, we actually have a rivalry going on right now because you and I are both nominees for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. You have fantasy football today, of course, the wildly mm-hmm. popular fantasy fo- daily fantasy football podcast and daily fantasy football video show, which is how you ended up making more money than Pete Prisco at CBS Sports. <laughs> um, that's a running joke, but don't tell him that. <laughs> oh, he doesn't listen. He only listens when, like, when he only listens when he thinks I'm stealing his top 100 list of NFL players. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that was a very, very fun period of our lives. Um, uh, yeah, no, we're up for the same award. I hope one of us wins it. That'd be really cool. I hope we win it, not you, but I hope one of us wins it. Yeah, me too. If look, I'm sure David Sampson and I on college basketball are a good podcast, but we can't can't have that happen. Uh, all right, let's dive into and talk some fantasy football. We're going to start with a question from a listener. Justin McLucky asks, how should league managers, commissioners handle COVID-19 in terms of policies for infected players? I guess this is probably not above your pay grade, but like outside of your jurisdiction to some degree. Like what, what, do, what are we going to do at CBS in terms of league setup for coronavirus? I had suggested for our baseball league doing like a taxi squad and got shot down by the, the member, the members, I'm the commissioner. So I should have just done it. But what do you think people should do and what, what, what will CBS have in place? I don't know exactly what CBS has in place. I do know that uh, Dave Richard has written some things about this. So uh, I haven't got a chance to read his story yet, but I know there's probably some stuff in there because he's been talking to, uh, you know, some of the people in the management that run our, our product. Um, so I'm sure that information's in there. I know like what we've been telling people for their personal leagues as commissioners, you know, you want to maybe set up and, uh, you know, taxi squads, a good idea, or, you know, just additional IR spots. Those always get tricky because, you know, you're going to get people that are going to, you know, sort of cheat the system a little bit. Um, but you know, I think if you have a commissioner that stays on top of things or, you know, you just obviously trust your buddies and, you know, uh, honor system. Um, if a guy's going to be out for an extended period of time, you know, you want to allow people not to have to make some serious roster moves as a result for their fantasy team. So 
Uh, I think just giving it, you know, people some leeway with their, their IR spots or creating some IR spots if you've never used them before is probably the way to go. And I, I would think, so baseball has been a real cluster F because, you know, you'll set a weekly lineup and then on Tuesday, the Cardinals, you know, go to a frat yep. party mm-hmm. and everybody gets Corona. I would think that football is going to be a little bit better in the sense that we'll at least know inactives at, you know, 1130. I would, I, unless they change it. I mean, I guess they could, depending on the, the timing of like getting test results back, but I would think they would set it up. So we're not getting some inactive at, at like 11, at like 1245 PM. Um, what do you, I mean, do you can do one, do you consider, do you conceive any problems with that from a fantasy perspective? And two, will you draft any differently in order to sort of build out your depth? Like maybe go for a second quarterback earlier, et cetera, et cetera. I think, you know, you want to know what the the circumstances of your waiver, you know, system is or, or priority uh, process is. With your there's a, a lot of, a lot of, you know, there are a lot of times there's, sorry, I can't not interrupt people. A lot of times there's a, uh, there's fab, you know, that runs on Saturday night and then you can't make moves on Sunday, like our dynasty league. Well, no, actually, uh, our, our commissioner, Heath Cummings has changed it. You, you, oh, got, you yeah. are going to be able to do ad drops on Sunday. And I think that's something every league should do. Um, so waivers, you know, typically, so I think what, what Keith is going to do is, is a good model. He's going to do waivers on Tuesday. Uh, the players that go through the waiver process will still have to clear waivers, but then, uh, open ad drops essentially the, the rest of the week. So, you know, the, the injury that pops up on a Wednesday or Thursday, those people will get a benefit. You know, if you go to the waiver wire first, I think this is the way he's doing it. Um, but he's definitely doing open, uh, waivers, um, no waivers, excuse me, open ad drops on Sundays. So for any of these circumstances, my understanding is I, I'm still expecting that we're going to know probably Friday into Saturday if somebody has tested positive for COVID, uh, as well as the Sunday morning inactives. They're not going to get past the inactive time and, and have a player that's going to be out. They'll have to know that uh, beforehand. So one thing I think that is is something you can consider if you don't want to have people or forcing people to carry multiple quarterbacks and still make the waiver process a little bit more fun is if you have a situation that arises into the weekend or certainly Sunday morning, if the quarterback is out, just make it a, tor- a team quarterback situation. Uh, mm. So you essentially just get the backups production. So, you know, Mahomes becomes Chad Henney. You know, it's not great, clearly, but at least you're not <laughs> getting a, a zero. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it, in, in some situations, it could be great. Imagine Drew Brees misses and you get Jameis Winston. You know, Winston goes off for one of his big games or uh, Lamar Jackson's out and, and RG3 is able to produce at a high level. There's no backup that's better than the starter, right. uh, but at least you're not getting a zero there or forcing somebody to un- to have to carry three quarterbacks or, or, or in some cases, you know, uh, two quarterbacks or in some cases three. Uh, you know, we've been in a couple of drafts. Uh, Dave Richard has taken this a little bit to an extreme. Um, he, he's now done two drafts with uh, with me where I've seen him take three quarterbacks. And I, I just don't get it. You know, it just to me doesn't make sense, especially right. for mocks that we're not playing out. But, you know, that's how Dave's approaching it. He wants to be prepared just in case one of these. So he's doing right. that because of, he's worried about COVID-19? No, he's doing it. You know, he's he's expecting and he's trying to reflect this in the mock drafts that he's showing people that you should carry multiple quarterbacks. And then he's taking the the next step when he's getting just good value presented to him. So I don't want to speak for Dave, but you know, he's drafting uh, in some cases, three quarterbacks. I've seen him do it now twice. And so part of it is, you know, here, here's how you should approach it. You should be p- planning to take two quarterbacks. And then, you know, if you think people are, everybody's going to take two quarterbacks, maybe you take a third and use it as trade bait. All right. Let's say you're thinking about taking two quarterbacks and you're not in the take a quarterback early uh, group, which, which you are. And I am too. Like you can wait, like uh, the Dave, Dave and I were sniping in the drafting the other day because he took Lamar Jackson, the third round. Look at the beginning of the third round. No, yeah. So it was like the first four picks of the third round, which is fine. It's fine. I mean, that's, that's where he's probably, I mean, I guess he'll go earlier in most drafts. 
like your average draft. And I, I don't mind him in the third round, but I, I would rather have the value you can get later. Are you, are you going to do anything where you like maybe take a, your first quarterback in the eighth round and your second one in the ninth, et cetera, et cetera? Or are you just maybe wait and grab a Sam Darnold late? Although Lord knows he can't even stay on the field when there's not a pandemic. Right. I, I, again, I think it comes down to, you know, unless this is your first time drafting with your friends or, or coworkers or whatever the case may be, if you know your league, um, most of the leagues I play in, there's going to be of, you know, five of the 12 people that take two quarterbacks. And most of those five are going to be either the ones that just don't know what they're doing or that they don't take one of the top tier guys and they want to sort of have a platoon to open the season. You know, I think kind of what you're alluding to, you know, the guys in the eighth and ninth round. Uh, for me, I'm going to, you know, just, just kind of play it where I'm still going to take one guy unless we have to change our policies, expand rosters, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I'll, 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 not, I'm hoping for better than Sam Darnold, but I think, you know, Gardner Minshew is not going to get drafted. I think he's got a chance to be a top 15, if not better, caliber quarterback. If Tyrod Taylor starts for 16 games for the Chargers based on his rushing ability, he'll be in that conversation. You know, you're going to see some scenarios where guys like Jared Goff don't get drafted. He's got a huge upside if he plays to what we saw two years ago. Roethlisberger is the 23rd quarterback off the board based on our ADP. Yeah. You know, so it, it, there, there's so many guys out there. And uh, the best example of it, you know, it, it's not something you want to bank on. Ryan Tannehill from week seven on was the number two quarterback in fantasy. Now, is that going to happen again for a player like that stepping into a situation? You know, you could say maybe it's going to be Marcus Mariota stepping in for Derek Carr because of the, how the thing may play out or, you know, the Bears quarterbacks, you know, maybe uh, Nick Foles takes over for Trubisky or vice versa. But I think, you know, there's just so many players at that position that you can find that it's not yeah. necessarily worth taking to unless you just, again, expand your rosters with the preparations of potential COVID-19 scenarios. Of course, you didn't. You total disrespect to this podcast, but you didn't mention Philip Rivers, who could be due for Philip Rivers. Yes, I, I apologize. The, and, great, and the greatest actually, college did ever. I, did I, yeah, that's right. Did I even? Well, <laughs> maybe. Did I, and did I miss, I miss it. Teddy Bridgewater is a guy I think could actually be a top ten quarterback as well because they have yep. no defense and he's going to have to throw the ball a bunch and he's got guys that'll take it the distance. So, you know, you can even make the case wait and t- I mean, like wait and take like Teddy and Ben and just I mean. You know, you'll, you'll get a lot more skill position guys. Don't take quarterbacks early. Uh, okay. So I had a buddy of my, my, like my best friend growing up texting me. What's the way? I think every time I do a fantasy show with you, it's always a buddy of mine, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> Not I, you. I, I, never I, you. Get, I get, no, 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 it's really my friend, my friend Drew, best friend growing up texting me this morning. He's like, Hey man, got my draft coming up last year. You. Wouldn't leave me alone about buying Lamar Jackson for a dollar and paying up for Christian McCaffrey. And I crapped on everybody in the league. So thank you. Like, that's cool. I didn't get enough Lamar Jackson myself, but I'm glad you did. And he's like, who are you on this year? So it got me thinking for this podcast. I was like, what if you were like, you know, what if I have to imagine your friends do this? Like you're non, you know, like, like friends from back in the day, like, I mean, like I got a fantasy draft coming up. I'm texting Jamie. You know what? When they text. So I'm getting, I guess I'm wondering who are your guys? Like who are the guys that you're like planting your flag on this year in fantasy guys that you just want to get that, to give. Um, and it doesn't like, so I told Drew, I said, one of the things that I really want to do coming to the season, I want to stack Cowboys. Like I want a bunch of Dallas sure. Cowboys because I don't think the defense will be bad. And I think the offense will be great. I think I'm going to have a bunch of Browns players, which we'll see how that works out. Yeah. You love the Browns. Yeah. I, I love the Browns. I love the Browns this year from fantasy. I think the Steelers are underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I was like, get Daryl Henderson. So those were sort of some of the, mm-hmm. the, the things I said. So I'm curious, what, who are your guys that you're going after? Uh, you know, one team, which is, I, I think probably going against the grain is because of who they lost, uh, the Texans. Um, I, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a 2015 cam like season where he puts the team on his back. 
Uh, he runs to a level that we haven't seen since his rookie campaign. He was on pace for 700 yards rushing before the ACL tear. I think this receiving core, while they lose DeAndre Hopkins, is a big loss. It's going to actually benefit him a little bit because I think with the offensive line getting better, it's going to take some more shots down the field. And, you know, if Wolf Fuller and Brandon Cook stay healthy, there's a chance for some big production, especially a lot of splash plays. So Watson's a guy, if you look at the Super 6, you know, to, to kind of go a little bit uh, uh, against the, the take of weight on quarterbacks, if you are inclined to buy into one of the top six guys, and, and they're tiered, it's the top two, like we talked about, Mahomes and Jackson, and then the next four of Russell, Dak, Kyler, and, and Watson. And based on every draft that you see, Watson's typically the sixth guy. However far he falls, buy in at the right price. And that's typically I've seen anywhere between round six and round eight, depending on the scoring. So uh, Watson's a guy that I get a lot of, and I love Will Fuller. I, I just think that if he hits, and it's a huge if because he's always hurt. He just never stays on the field. Uh, but his last 16 games, I forget the exact numbers. I think it's like 80 catches, uh, right around 1100. He's always hurt, but when he's healthy, touchdowns. he's a monster. Well, those, those, those 16 games are over three seasons, you know, because he doesn't, he doesn't stay on the field, but those 16 games are with the Andre Hopkins on the field. And there's 150 targets available that obviously Brandon Cooks is going to take a big portion of, but he's the guy that's got the rapport with Watson. They're talking him up, you know, tremendously all, all, all off season. Fuller is a guy that if you get him at the right price, he's a number three receiver. I think he can hit big, but, uh, him, Marquise Brown, uh, DJ Chark. And it's funny. I say DJ Chark, which, you know, ties in the, the, you making fun of Pete about the top 100 list. When I was looking at the list and I was going through it and I was like, where does Minka, who does Minka Fitzpatrick deserve to be on, uh, over? And, you know, I, the offensive guys obviously jump out to me a little bit more. Uh, when I saw DJ Chark, I'm like, I love DJ Chark, but he's not a top 100 NFL player. Yeah. But he's got a chance. Pete's a, Pete's a fantasy guy now. Pete's a fantasy guy, so he's not. Uh, yeah, he has a chance to, for for a big season though. That you know, you want to talk about a team that's going to throw a lot. He's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, I like him. I like Lavisca Chenault. When you talk about late round guys, uh, you know, from from the Jaguars. But the running backs, you mentioned one, Daryl Henderson. Zach Moss is one of my favorite rookies. Uh, I like the fact that Josh Kelly uh, earlier uh, last week we got a report that Justin Jackson was going to be the guy running with the first team offense, which makes sense. He's a veteran. He's, he's been there a couple of years. Uh, then late at the end of the week on Friday, Anthony Lynn said, Joshua Kelly's doing a great job with the ones. And so that's a guy that if he does get a chance to step into that Melvin Gordon role, it's a different role because he's not Melvin Gordon and Eckler will be there doing more. Uh, but there's 200 touches available and nine touchdowns available. And, you know, Eckler's not the most physical of presences, you know, based on his, his stature. So, uh, Kelly's somebody that I take late in almost every draft. Bryce Love is somebody that's very exciting right now. Damien Harris is a guy that I like a lot with the situation for the Patriots. And then I'm, uh, I'm looking at two tight ends late. You mentioned the Cowboys. I think Blake Darwin has a chance yeah. to be good. Um, he had 42, 43 targets last year and there's 80 tight end targets available with Jason Witten gone. You really need 80 targets to be a top 12 tight end in the conversation. It'd be a shock if he's healthy and doesn't get to 80 targets. So that puts him in the range. And then if he's better than an aging Jason Witten at this point in his career, uh, I know everybody's excited about CD Lamb and, and, and clearly the other two guys that they have on the outside with uh, Gallup and Cooper. But Darwin's got a big opportunity. And I think Chris Herndon, uh, you look at this Jets team. I like J- Jameson Crowder a lot as well. But you look at Chris Herndon and his rookie season, 500, four touchdowns, 500 yards, four touchdowns, 36 catches. Last year, Sam Darnold, we know he had the, the mono situation. Uh, he played nine games with Ryan Griffin. In those nine games, Griffin was the tight end with Chris Herndon out. 
Uh, Griffin scored five times, you know, so Herndon's got a chance to be a, a red zone threat. This receiving core is clearly changing with uh, banged up Denzel Mims, and we'll see what Brashad Perryman has to offer. So um, Herndon and, and Jarwin are two tight ends that I wait for a lot, and I get them in a lot of leagues, along with Mike Gusecki. I think he's got a good opportunity in Miami. Um, I was actually just texting my friend Drew. It's like, I forgot to mention Will Fuller earlier. I agree. That's a great list. I agree with a lot of them, I think, but I don't necessarily think they're consensus. Fuller appears to be sort of drifting down in terms of his ADP. Like he was. No, like, he's, 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 he's one of these guys that you talk to fantasy guys like me. Uh, and it, and it's funny because, uh, there, there's a, there's a fourth analyst that your audience may not know, but Ben Gretsch, who, who does a lot of great stuff for us. Yeah. Ben's awesome. Ben and I are very much, uh, in line with the thought of you swing for the fences, especially with mid round picks whenever you can. Dave and Heath, they don't view these type of players the same way. And, and it varies from player to player, but like they're both taking the cautious approach for an injury prone guy. And I totally get it. But when I'm looking for a third receiver, I don't care if it's a three receiver league. I want a guy who could be top 15, top 10, top 12, whatever you want to put the, the number on. And this scenario is so perfect for that. If he plays 13 plus games, you are getting a top 20 receiver. I'm guaranteed of that. Guaranteed of that. That's the guy you want to say, put, you know, plant your flag. That's one that I'll plant my flag on for sure. If in fact, again, it's health, but you know, you're talking about somewhere between round six and round eight. If it's on the high end, you know, it could be, a, it could be a mistake, but if you get it on the low end, you're going to be thrilled about it. Yeah. And the other thing too, that I think some people forget is that when you look at fantasy points, you know, you, a lot of people go in through their league and look at how many fantasy points did this guy have for last year. That's not really as important. You'd rather get, it's fantasy points per week is what you need because ultimately like, you know, I mean, you're not dividing Will, you're probably not dividing Will Fuller's stats by 14 games, right? I mean, you're you're probably dividing them by like 10 and you hope that he gives you a ton of points each week when he starts and then you have to have other options to draft, you know, get some depth in there. Uh, Yeah, excuse me. One more guy I love as I choke up here. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Mm -hmm. who I think is, Probably third round guy. Is he going second? Hundred percent. No, hundred. Uh, yeah. Depend. You know, late second, early third. You know, I think we're starting to see more settling into the third round. But you know, if you want to get him on the turn, it's not a bad guy to target right there. That to me is like Mike Evans last year, where you're, you know, if it's a PPR draft, well, I guess Evans not PPR, but you get the point. Like mm-hmm. you draft one of those big four running backs, and then coming back to you, you're hoping to get like a Mixon and a Chubb. And then maybe a Galladay, uh, Matthew Matthew Stafford too. I'm I'm high on this year. I actually, uh, it, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned points per game. Stafford was, uh, you know, depending on the decimals that you look at, either two or three, uh, with Drew Brees, another guy, as we know, missed five games last year. So when those guys were on the field, Stafford only played eight games. They were some of the best quarterback. They had some of the best quarterback play that we've we've saw in in, in a strong season for quarterbacks. So. Um, you know, I, I think again, Stafford's a guy that I, I, I love, like you said. Uh, Galladay is somebody that's going to play really well. And when you get to that mid range of wide receivers, don't overlook Marvin Jones. I, I know he's sort of like mm. the, the stepchild of the offense, but, um, he, he was on pace for a thousand yards and I think eight touchdowns with, uh, with Stafford in the eight games that they played together. He battled an ankle injury also. Um, and he's the type of guy you root for. You know, he had the, the off field situation where he lost a child. So. Uh, you know, you, you, you're hoping he plays well on the field and it's just, you know, go, a good guy that went through an awful, awful situation and, you know, hopefully he comes out on the other end with a big year in 2020. Yeah. And, and going to be a free agent after 2020. So he has some, some, uh, you know, he wants to blow up Kenny Galladay going, it will be, this will be his third year, which year four. Well, he took a bit, I mean, he led the NFL in touchdowns last year. So he's not going to last year his third year. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. sneak up on people, but again, he did most of his damage in the eight games with Stafford. If he gets 16 games with Stafford, 
could be a really, really big campaign. Yeah, he has wide receiver one upside, I feel like. Uh, in the conversation, without a doubt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not certainly not a favorite, but like a little bit of a sleeper. Sure. Fan. No, 100%. Uh, and by the way, Daryl Bevel's attack, like they go vertical and Jones and Galladay like to get vertical. So there's a lot to like there. They have swift offensive lines improved. Defense shouldn't be that great. It's a good team to look at. They are, are not. Are you, running, are you running down the depth chart of the Lions? I love to, I, I like to list the depth charts. Some people don't know all the depth charts, you know, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I, I, like, I, it was a late round sleeper. I, I, I do too, but I'm just, I don't like the fact that he's still talking about this ankle injury. It's just. Mm. You know, it, it was something that plagued him last year. He had to go on IR, and then, you know, he had the – you know, they, they said he wasn't going to be cleared, and then he obviously was cleared, but he says it's still an issue. So um, he's at the tail end. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm in the minority of taking guys like Jarwin and Herndon ahead of him, but he's in there, – there's like seven or eight tight ends. Like once you get past really Gronk, uh, where it's Gusecki, Jonu Smith, uh, the two veteran guys of Hooper and, and Jared Cook uh, for, for different reasons, you know, with Hooper switching teams. And Cook, you know, still just being a, a, an elder statesman, but um, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, Herndon, Johnu uh, Smith, yeah, Johnu. You know, the, all these guys have such a, a chance to really not necessarily blow up. You know, it could take some 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 circumstances for that to happen, but you could see the path to it, and and that's why for me, if I don't get Kelsey or Kittle or Andrews at the right price, I'm almost just sitting out of the tight ends position, and then maybe trying to take two of those guys late. Okay, I like it. Uh, I was going to ask you a tight end question after the break, but instead I'll just point out that there's somebody else on Travis Kelsey's team that we might be considering top-tier player at his position. It's not Tyree Kill either. Who is it? <laughs> we'll tell you after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, so let's get into your off-season takes, which is sort of similar to, you know, your guys. Like, you're just planning your flight. Because I think I've been trying to tell Ryan Wilson this. It's really important for like fantasy analyst and draft analyst, like you've got to sort of make some noise a little, like, you know, this, like you pick your guys and then you repeat it over and over again. Yeah. So that way every, and like, is yes, does it get sick and terrible? Like, are you annoyed that you have to keep doing it? Sure. But like, you have to beat people into the face and let them know that you're in on this guy or else you get sort of, you fly into the radar. You know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. have to you have to be loud and plant your flag, right? There, there's the flip side of that for fantasy, maybe not so much for draft analysts. Cause I, maybe I just don't follow enough, but like, there's so many fantasy analysts now and there's so much information that you're getting. And, and obviously everybody's now following everybody on Twitter that when you say, this is my guy, there's like seven other people that say I, I I'm on this guy too. It's just, you know, for me, I always look at it this way. Like I want our CBS audience to recognize who our guys are. And I want the people follow me on Twitter to recognize my guys. I don't necessarily need like to say I'm the guy in the industry that was first on this or, you know, I was, I was definitely on the bandwagon. You know, it's just, it, 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 it's always a funny thing to say, like, this is like, I, I know where you're going with this based on what you, you led into. So like Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, everybody loves him. Right. Well, um, so for instance, like 
we know that Lewis Riddick and Peter Schrager discovered Patrick Mahomes yeah, in, the, in the draft. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, like, like finding I, that perfect gummy bear, they found him. <laughs> in, a, in a seat, it's a difficult. Uh, yeah, look, Pete Prisco is, was on, is on this podcast before the draft. He said he wrote about it. He said tons of stuff. He loved Mahomes, but that doesn't like he was like Mahomes could be the best quarterback in this draft class. Mm-hmm. The problem is. He didn't really like double and triple down before the 2019, before the 2018 season, excuse me. And as a result, people look at like, so like Peter Schrager's on Good Morning Football. He's like banging the table that Mahomes is going to be the, the MVP. Right. Or, you know, Riddick is, too, so. Yeah. And, yeah. but Pete's got a big platform, but I'm seeing like there's so much noise out there. It's just hard to cut through it sometimes unless, you know, um, you know, unless you're just bludgeoning people over the head. But right. Edwards Hilaire is a guy that you think. Is a top ten off season player, uh, top five potentially. You know, I mean, I I was so excited about uh, the the landing spot for him going to Kansas City because you know Damian Williams. Kudos to him for what he's been able to do with his career. You know, basically a guy that's been taken off the scrap heap, and he had some good moments in Miami after they traded Jay Ajayi, and then obviously was a star in Kansas City after they you know got rid of Kareem Hunt, but he just hasn't been able to sustain that stardom. Uh, aside from some postseason runs, last year's being the the most impressive. Uh, he was going to eventually, you know, have to, you know, probably step aside, you know, from the, the lead role to the secondary role. And then who knows if he was going to see the field, if Edwards Lair had the chance to be as special as he is. But now with Damian Williams opting out, I mean, Andy Reid's track record, 21 years in the NFL, 16 times he's had a PPR running back finish in the top 12 in points per game, like you referenced. And so, you know, that's what you're banking on. And the last time he had a rookie running back in Kansas City, it was Kareem Hunt who led the NFL in rushing. So, um I, I, I think you, you said it. There's, there's a clear four, uh, at the top of every draft of McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, and, and Kamara. Yep. Dalvin Cook is really the five. And then it's a, you know, depending on format, you know, Derrick Henry and non PPR, uh, for, for some, not for me, but, uh, you know, he's in that conversation. But I think Khaled Edwards Hilaire is the sixth best running back and the sixth best player in fantasy right now. And, and I really struggle with putting him ahead of Dalvin Cook because if he hits, and again, I'm going to take more chances at swinging for the fences than, you know, probably playing it safe. If he is what Andy Reid's running backs have become, then he could be the best player in fantasy or the best running back in fantasy. And that's hard to overlook. You know, it, it is a rookie. It is a team that is still going to use multiple backs. Uh, but I mean, again, Brian Westbrook, Deuce Staley, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, Kareem Hunt, you know, you just go down the list of what Andy Reid has had and what he's used and how he's used them. In the passing game for a kid that had 55 receptions at LSU, it, 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 the, the marriage could be potentially perfect. The, anytime that Andy Reid and Debo can chime in on this if so inclined, because we're talking about the Eagles and Lord knows you're talking about the Eagles. Debo's got to jump in there with a little take of Carson Wentz. Um, I'm just kidding. But the, anytime Andy Reid has drafted a, a running back with a top 60 pick, that, there's only two of them. It's Brian Westbrook and LaShawn McCoy. Those running backs have gone on to have like, Five-year top five running back fantasy seasons back to back. Now the the one catch, and this is why I was out on Clyde Edwards-Helaire and told Damian Williams opted out, is that so when Shady came along, Westbrook was finishing up his career, and Shady didn't have a huge rookie season. And when Westbrook came along, Deuce Staley was finishing up his career, and Westbrook didn't have a huge rookie season. But I think you're, you're right. You pointed out with Kareem Hunt, we've seen him lean on a rookie running back when he needed to, and it's there's just nobody else. Allow me to read this depth chart, Jamie. Darwin Thompson, Elijah McGuire, Daryl Williams, and DeAndre Washington. Like that's they're not beating out Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's too good no, a pass he, catcher. He, he's too good a runner. Yeah, you, you, you've seen, you know, the last uh ten days or so, 
Andy Reid heaping praise on him, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes heaping praise on him. I, I, I've sent out a couple of tweets and, you know, sarcastically, but, you know, it, it, it's not as sarcastic as it may seem. Uh, every time that there's a positive note by any of the, the media in Kansas City about Clyde Eversize, my, my first thing is, oh, he just jumped up three spots. Oh, he jumped up another spot. <laughs> you know, and then people reply, so is he going one? You know, it's like, uh, no, but he's, he's certainly somebody that's going to be polarizing to some because of being a rookie, because he wasn't the hype prospect coming out when you're talking about Dobbins and Swift and Taylor and those guys. But he just landed in the right spot. And uh, Debo, I hope you got a chance to listen to our interview or watch our interview with Brian Westbrook on HQ. Um, you know, Brian used to work with us on Fantasy Football Today. Uh, I think it was the first year out of the NFL or second year out of the NFL. And Brian's just great. You know, he's got a good understanding of fantasy. He's got a good understanding of the NFL. And, you know, I wanted to talk to him for a long time because of the comments comparing him to Edward Solaire uh, following the draft. And, you know, he was great just talking about what Edward Solaire can do in an Andy Reid offense. The fact that you have to respect Patrick Mahomes in the passing game and, you know, how much that'll open up things, uh, what he'll do as a pass catcher and, and, and what his passing chops have showed us in, in college. And so, uh, Westbrook was great on him. He was great on Miles Sanders, another guy that I like. And I'm uh, frustrated that he's dealing with this lower leg or lower mm. body injury. Um, you know, hopefully Sanders is great, but, you know, he was excited about Sanders and, and his outlook. But uh, in terms of Edward Solaire, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the depth chart. There, there's, there's a guy that you can take late. Uh, whoever is going to be the second guy, because if Edward Solaire struggles or gets hurt or has to miss time for COVID-related situations, and look, he might not be like maybe he struggles in pass protection and they can't keep him in there because Patrick Mahomes is getting right. hurt. I mean, like, that's... And, and and we've had some fun discussions on on our programs about who's the second guy. Uh, the Chiefs have been using Daryl Williams as the second guy, and so while logic probably tells you DeAndre Washington because he played with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech and is the veteran and really was awesome for fantasy players. Last year, when Josh Jacobs missed those three games for the Raiders, uh, if Daryl Williams is the guy and he flashed some some good games over the last two seasons, that's the guy that you should take one of your last picks on. Because again, as we know, lottery tickets we use that phrase for a reason. If they, if if you have the, the chance to get a starting running back for the Chiefs' offense, you put that on the end of your bench just to see what happens. Yeah, I, I think too that I, I would take him five at this point. Over I, and I love Dalvin Cook. Yep, I, I think Dalvin Cook has a little bit injury concerns. I, I want to go str- strategically. I want to go running back, running back if I can do it. I, I would freaking love to get Edward Tolaire and Nick Chubb. Is that, I mean, and then, and then like wide receiver, wide receiver. It's like Kenny Galladay and Odell Beckham. That is a pants off, dance off party. Brinson, um, <laughs> yeah. just because, you know, you come at me and you come at Carson Wentz, I would like to point out that Brian Westbrook, who is great, like Jamie said, 91st overall pick. So that seems to be outside of the top 60. Ah, you're right. Top 100 pick. Sorry. You, you'll, you'll like, so I'm glad well, you Jamie, sorry. We have uh, something we got to do for that. That oh, wrong one. Oh, ho, ho! So Azer, uh, we have a running gag on our show uh, about Azer stats, like how Azer uh, manipulates certain, certain, certain statistics. To fit his narrative, uh, we have a lot of people in our lives that do that, apparently. Um, so Azer uh, uh, <laughs> goes off of usually a running back, I forget, you know, top five or top ten, uh, based on 50 catches. Well, Aaron Jones last year was a top five running back and only had 49 catches. So he has to manipulate his numbers now, his Azer stats, to fit that narrative. So it's now 49 catches or more. And so, you know, 91st, 90th, you know, who cares? I think he and Brinson have more alike than they would like to admit. That's probably why they hate each other so much. Me and Azer? Yeah, they also show up late for every draft. Debo, it's the most frustrating thing. I've now started calling Azer Will Jr. Because mm. he, he used to be the most prompt person. Then he had two kids. And all of a sudden, he's like, Will, he just shows up whenever he feels like it. At least, I, like, I'm, like, consistently, like, just, like, I just forget. I'm, 
I'm like signed up and ready to go. And I just sort of space out. Like yeah. that's, it's like, Oh, look, a squirrel. And then I forget about the draft and you text me. I'm like, I'm there in five seconds. Right. I feel like that's, uh, Debo, we call him, uh, walking in likely late. I like it. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. Um, maybe we need to get some, we need a shirt that says walking in likely late. Okay. We have Jamie for like three more minutes. So let's get your, uh, your hot take, your off season hot take on DeAndre Hopkins. You think he's a bust? I'm just concerned, you know, uh, for a guy who's been, you know, amazing and, and he's still one of the best talents at the position, but this is a, a Cardinals offense that's going to spread the ball around. You know, they're not taking Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk completely off the field. They're going to use their running backs out of the backfield. I think Dan Arnold, if you're in a tight end premium league, you want to take a guy with a late round pick. He's, in, uh, you know, showed us in week 17, he can catch some passes. Um, I think Andy Isabella will get some run. So they have a bunch of receivers that they're going to use mostly again, Kirk and, and Fitzgerald. And the thing about Hopkins is he's so used to 150 targets. Well, their target leader last year was, I think, Fitzgerald with 109. Uh, Kirk would have been ahead of him, but he missed three games. So is he going from 150 targets to 140 to 130 to 120? You know, where is he going to end up? And we saw him, I think it was his second year in the NFL. He had 127 targets. He uh, His yards per catch were dramatically different, you know, clearly younger versus older. But he was about like 15 yards per catch then. He had 1,200 yards. I think it was like 79 catches, 1,200 yards, and six touchdowns. If he does that, you'll be fine taking him in the second round. But, you know, if name recognition still weighs on your mind, which in a lot of people it does, uh, and they take him toward the back end of the first round or the second round, early second round, I think that's a mistake. I, I don't think he's a top five wide receiver anymore. So I, I would think with – here's my thing with Hopkins, and I agree with you. There are other guys I, I would rather have, like certainly Devontae Adams you'd rather have than, than yep. Hopkins this year. And I think that's consensus. But, like, it's what's going to happen is people are going to want to go running back and then they are going to be faced with a situation where all of a sudden it's like, are, am I going to take Miles Sanders or DeAndre Hopkins? Like that's, I, I was texting with you, the eight spot in non PPR drafts is hell on earth. Like you just don't really know. Right. Kenyon Drake. Oh, this is a good one. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or DeAndre Hopkins this year? I think the answer is Drake. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the running backs. You know, I, I just look at it and I got to run here in a minute because they're calling me, but uh, I, okay. I take, I take the running backs. Um, you know, uh, I love picking at the back end. You know, you say eight's a tough spot for me. Uh, I think you can actually pull off not Edwards Hilaire at that spot, but you might because of especially yeah, PPR. Yeah, yeah. My, Michael Thomas will get pushed up in front of him, but uh, you know, you can be looking at Miles Sanders, hopefully again, he's healthy. Uh, Drake, Austin Eckler, uh, jo- Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, any of those guys at the back end of the first round. And then you come back in round two, uh, that same group, you know, a couple guys uh, with Nick Chubb, especially in PPR. Um, so picking eight for me is, is great. Uh, nine, 10, 11, 12. I'm thrilled with that also. Uh, it's usually if you want to go running back, running back, it's a little bit more challenging to do it at the front of the draft just because you're looking that's at guys like Aaron Jacobs, excuse me, Aaron Jones and, and James Conner. That's true. All right. Jamie Eisenberg's got to go to CBS Sports HQ. You can watch him on Fantasy Football Today and listen to the daily fantasy podcast on CBS Sports. And you'll Sports. be on Tuesday for I know. our draft special. It's August, so I'm willing to go on HQ again. <laughs> I'll talk All to right, you. All right, buddy. See you soon. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 